take the state property. This is Teddy DiBiase, the Bay Dollar Man. Hey, this is Bob Baffin. Hey, everyone, this is Rick Stiney. This is the Honky Dog Man, the greatest WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time. This is your wrestling show, Ottawa. Heck, they could use you guys over in WWE. You're listening to the greatest wrestling show in the whole wide world. This is Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome inside the CKDJ Studios for Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm the man they call Gibby, Zach McGibbon, and I got a special guest co-host this week. Uh, big fan of the show, and yeah. uh, he's going to be coming on every once in a while to talk some of the the graphs, I guess they call it now. Uh, I've got, I, I got with me Colin Scully, and now Colin as per tradition of this show, any new person that comes on the show, they get a nickname. Okay. So we've had Marco Rossi on the show, and we call him the Mean Street Rossi. Uh, nice, after the nice. Mean Street Rossi. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and uh, so we got to think of a nickname for you, Scully. Sounds good. I, I got to use Scully for it for something. Yeah. It's like the, th- the first thing I think of is the Monsters, Inc., uh, movie with with Sully, yeah. uh, I just see I just see the excitement that just came out of your face yeah. as soon as I said that. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll just call you Scully for now. We'll find something. Yeah, sure. We'll find. Something. Most people don't even call me by my first name. Most people that I know outside of school just call me Scully anyway. So it works. Anyways, well, introduce everybody to yourself and uh, don't be afraid to speak up into the microphone as well. Sounds good. Well, my name is Colin Scully and. Not as old as Gibby is. <laughs> I am no longer the youngest person on this show. Am I the youngest? Am I the youngest person yes. that you've had? Yeah, you're, you are now the youngest. I, I was initially the youngest when I joined, uh, but now I am. Uh, I'm now the second youngest. You are. You are grade eleven. I'm grade eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have guessed it by the sound of your voice. Like your voice sounds like something that's uh, been on the radio for quite a few years. <laughs> I've not I've heard I've not heard that yet but I've definitely heard that I sound like I'm at least 18 19 20 yeah. type deal. So so thanks for coming on to the show uh and uh, of course big wrestling fan as always yeah. um and going to come on and help us so let's get straight into the news. Sounds good. All first bit we got to talk about is WWE Fastlane. And all the things that came out of that show. Uh, so you watched Fastlane. You were messaging me uh, during the show about some of the different notes that you took from each match. Uh, but overall, what did you think of uh, Fastlane? Did you enjoy the show? I did enjoy the show. I find that it was probably the best SmackDown produced pay-per-view that I've seen since they sp- since they did the brand split. Okay. Wow. So that's, so, so, so that's some heavy praise. Yeah. Just in terms of all the different... Uh, not necessarily the different ways that they incorporated all the superstars into the certain matches that they had. Yeah. Just, the, just the actual talent itself, because as you know, Gibby, uh, SmackDown's booking, not exactly the <laughs> best thing. Yeah, it's been it's been rather inconsistent as of late. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was a video clip that came out recently. Renee Young was doing a uh, live stream on her Instagram, and she was talking mm-hmm. to Road Dogg. And uh, I don't know. Talk about killing SmackDown. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And that was uh, that. I actually got to laugh about that. At yeah. least he's self-aware. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I I came into this pay-per-view with not the highest of expectations. Agreed. Uh, I don't think anybody really had high expectations for this show. 
um, mainly just because of the way the show was booked heading mm-hmm. into it. Um, but coming out of the show, you know, I thought it was uh, much better than, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what I think a lot of people thought it would be. Um, that opening match there with Shinsuke Nakamura versus uh, Rusev was much better than that, what I thought it was That could be. have easily been a WrestleMania caliber match. Really? I believe so. Interesting. Like, if they were to give it some more time and that sort of deal? I think so. Like, I can... I can't see, like, a too much of a storyline developing between them just yet. Yeah. But give it a couple more matches, maybe, and then... There's something there, I you th- think. You think there's something there? Well, I think there's something there. I mean, they, they definitely showed some very good chemistry. Um, I had some questions about Nakamura, whether he was going to put in 100%. Obviously, he's the Royal Rumble winner, and he wants to save himself for WrestleMania, especially now with that big match against, you know, spoiler alert, AJ Styles won the match. Yeah. So uh, now that he has this big WrestleMania match with AJ Styles, I'm interested to see, you know, I was interested to see how he was going to fare in this matchup. I was interested to see if he was going to go, you know, pedal to the metal or if he was just going to be 60, 70, just kind of prepping. And I will say, I didn't think he was going 100%, but he was definitely going more than 70. And I thought mm-hmm. Rusev was awesome in this match. I thought he was yeah. giving his all in it. Um, and I never really, like, Rusev has, has had a couple of pretty solid matches, I found. As of late, yeah, yeah like so, in the last six and, months or so. And, and plus, too, you know, he's super over. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I think there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. Fun match. I enjoyed it. Nakamura won. Um, Which is basically what everybody knew from the beginning of it. I will say some of the near falls did get me. That's true. So I think they did a good job in that match. A match I want to talk about was that six-pack challenge. Yep. Uh, That's the other match from that uh, show we'll talk about. uh, Because that's pretty much the most significant one to come out was that six pack challenge. seemed like everybody was invited to be in this match. Yeah. <laughs> um, it started off. Did it start off as a one-on-one or did it start off as a triple threat? I believe it started off as a triple threat between okay. Owens, Styles and Zayn. And then it yeah. just added on to and Ziggler, then, then Corbin, then Cena. Yeah. So it was like, it, it, it got added on over time. Um, yep. A lot of people were joking, you know, you know, maybe I'll be added into the WWE yeah. title. You know, uh, maybe it'll become a seven-pack challenge. Who knows? But, yep. um, but yeah, it's like, I I just, I enjoyed the match. I actually thought it was a fun match to I watch. did, too. Um, the only thing that I feel like they overdid in that match was McMahon's involvement, was Shane McMahon's involvement. What a shocker. But yeah, yeah like I mean, I, 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 it's interesting the storyline they're building with Owen Zane and Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they were going to have a match at WrestleMania, but they it's like they were already having tensions between each other. But now Shane's mm-hmm. involved, and it makes it muddy. Now Shane's you know? involved, and they're talking. I had seen um, Alvarez. Yeah, Brian from, Alvarez. Yeah, I had seen him. That he'd said uh, Owens versus Zane versus McMahon. With Daniel Bryan as a special guest ref. That'd be something. That'd be interesting because it'll show... I think it'd ask- be the first time that Daniel Bryan has been in a ring during an actual match in a while. Yeah. Well, Wait, in terms- wasn't, he, wasn't he a ref at Survivor Series or something? No no, 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 no. He was a ref with Shane McMahon. There were two refs. That's right. Yeah, you are correct. That is right. He was, he was the ref yeah. for the Owens and... Uh, Jericho. And Jer- Jericho? No, 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 no. He was, it was Owens. Was it Owens Jericho? Because... I don't think so. It was either... Oh, nah, I have to check this now. 
it got me thinking. I've totally forgotten about Survivor Series. Um, but the only thing that I got out of Survivor Series is that Triple H still thinks he can actually wrestle. Uh, <laughs> you don't think Triple H can wrestle? Either? It's not that I don't think Triple H can wrestle. I just feel like, sure, he's getting up there in terms of age. Mm-hmm. And you have the other wrestlers like Cena and Orton, Orton even. Yeah. Even I never thought I'd be talking about how Ort, Randy Orton is actually getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. But I feel... Triple H is still a better wrestler yeah. than Cena is, even yeah. though they're around the same age. Mm-hmm. But I feel well, like I they're mean, almost... Triple H is older than Cena by like eight years, I believe. I don't, I don't think it's 10. that much. No, not even close. Cena's like 45. No, I think he's like in his late 30s. He's the same age as Brock, I believe. I'm checking that first, and then I'm gonna check to see. Who, <laughs> I'm checking, and then I'm gonna check to see who the McMahon versus uh, McMahon Bryan double yeah. ref was. But uh, that six-pack challenge, I think everybody knew that uh, Styles was going to be the winner of that. Um, He's 40. Cena? Cena's 40. Yeah, and Triple H is 48, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Damn. Oh, Uh, (laughs) it's it's all good. No worries. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think everybody kind of expected, uh, you know, Styles to get the win. Um, Mm. Interesting who he pinned in that, uh, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, after that whole ordeal, I thought— That was out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, it was a little out of nowhere. It was a little mm-hmm. bit of a, I wouldn't say shock finish, but it was definitely out of nowhere. Um, it was it was something, but uh, obviously they're going to continue with the Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. Which plan. was which, basically, like, even going into the Raw before, like the SmackDown before Fastlane, you almost knew that oh, yeah. it was going to be Styles versus Nakamura. Oh, it was pretty much going to be Styles versus Nakamura, so... Yeah. Um, the one match that we haven't talked about is the uh, U.S. title shot. That's right, you know. U.S. title match. With, 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 well, I mean, it's... it's. I don't... I'm not a really a big fan of all three. I mean, I like Rude the most out of all of them. It was only two of them. It was, well, it was well, I, I'm talk, I'm talk, well, I'm talking just the overall feud, because it's, right. it's Ginger, Ginger Bobby Rude right. and, and Randy Orton. The match itself was one-on-one. But it was like, you know, that match was really slow yeah methodically paced and i'm fine with that sort of stuff but i just find that randy kind of sticks to that match type too much and makes for just some slower matches and it's well like, he's the viper he's waiting for the right moment to start <laughs> stalking his prey and then he pulls the hangman's ddt and then he goes to that place and then all of a sudden there's an rko out of nowhere well that's and then the he wins the match. thing about him recently was he can pull off that move out of nowhere and then you know he just goes back to being slow and that sort of stuff okay the um that match the double referee match yep. was clash of champions it was Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton, Kevin and, Owens, and Sami Zayn. Yeah, that's right. You were correct. So it wasn't Survivor Series. No. I, it, was, it was close to that Survivor Series time. But. It was a month before. No. Two months? It was September. A month. Because uh, then October months, was... Two months, I believe. Yeah. Because in October was... A month or two. It was, it was before Survivor Series, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, so at the end of it all, Cena's going to still look for uh, his next opponent and... Uh, Taker? Well, we'll talk about that later as yeah. well. I think I think that's definitely something that's going to be brought up. But with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more of the latest wrestling news right here on Wrestling With Ideas, the show that challenges your thoughts and wrestles with ideas. And, of course, later on, we'll have our full interview with Rena Vonner superstar Flip Gordon, uh, also featured on Being the Elite. So we'll get to that interview as well. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. This is Take the Steak Roberts. 
You know what you're listening to, don't you? Yeah, wrestling with ideas. Here's one idea for sure, though. You don't play with snakes. If you do, you get bit. And welcome back inside the CKDJ studios. This is Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. This is the show that challenges your thoughts and wrestles with ideas. I, of course, am the man they call Gibby Zach McGibbon alongside me. Special guest co-host this week, Scully. Colin Scully. Yeah. We'll find a nickname for you, buddy. Yeah. We're going to find by the next time. It took us a while to get to Mean Street Rossi with Marco Rossi. So. Yeah. Um, we have, we've all, we've had the beast from BC, Alec Miski on the show okay. well before and the show, Will Macklin. So okay. We'll, we'll find a nickname for yeah. you. We'll find a nickname for you. Hopefully by the next time I come on or something, we'll figure something out. Yeah, exactly. Maybe something big will happen with the name Scully. You never know. A lot of people have opinions on this. Uh, you've probably been seeing it all it's over 2018. What don't people have opinions well, on Well, that's anymore? true. Well, that's true. But, uh, this one's interesting and I feel like people are very valid in this. Mm-hmm. So it was announced this past Monday Night Raw, there's going to be a women's battle royal at WrestleMania, similar yeah. to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But this one is going to be called the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And boy, did the internet not really enjoy that announcement of the name. Nope. Um, now, obviously, you're a younger guy. Uh, you You probably don't know too much about what's going on with... Moolah and that sort of I know you researched it. I've researched it, but... You still don't know, like, the full grasp. No. Which I understand. No worries. Yeah. So it's like... I know as much as I've seen on Twitter and PWI, so... Yeah, there you go. Um, so the whole stuff with Fabulous Moolah. Interesting. So for those who aren't aware, Moolah has a very, very, very dark past. Mm-hmm. A very dark past. There is a lot of accusations and allegations against her. That have been proven to be true. That there have been some proving to be true. Um, There's definitely a lot of evidence, I guess I should say, that shows that this may be the case. That Fabulous Moolah may have been a pimp, so to speak, Mm -hmm. back in her day. Um, This would include, she used to have her own wrestling school with her husband, Buddy Lee. And what they would do is they would bring in students. She would take a huge cut of money that the students would make when they would go travel for different promotions. Right. I think they said something like 30% or something like that. 25 and 30%. Mm-hmm. Is that of the booking or of their salary? I think both. Okay. Um, plus, she would take money off for transportation, food, and that sort of stuff. So, essentially, these wrestlers, these women's wrestlers that would go and travel, they would get like, you know, so much less like than what they should mm-hmm. be getting. Um, and of course, as well, there's also the deal where she had made it known to the promoters that these women's wrestlers would do more favors for them. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, if you're catching yeah, my drift. Yeah. And it essentially makes her sound like a pimp. Um, I would agree with that. And, and uh, she's known to have very much a stranglehold over women's wrestling. Uh, for 20 years, uh, she pretty much took a hold of the women's uh, title belt in the WWF. WWWF? <laughs> as well. There's the whole ordeal with the uh, the original screw job, mm-hmm. not the Montreal screw job, the original one with when she was dressed up as Spider Lady <laughs> and she pinned Wendy that. Richter. Um, 
But even though Richter had kicked out at one, they still counted the three count anyways. Right. And so it essentially, you know, led to Richter not going back to the WWF afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, now, fortunately, they were able to mend fences and Richter's in the Hall of Fame as of 2010. Right. But still, it's it just leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, right? Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff behind her uh, in terms of Fabulous Moolah, what she did in her past. Um, there were some articles released. The Free Times had released an article about Sweet Georgia Brown. They were talking about uh, the family of Sweet Georgia Brown and what uh, Moolah essentially did to Sweet Georgia Brown. It's, you know, it, it's really brutal. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just a really bad past, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot to it. There's a lot of evidence behind it. It's really just kind of at the end of it all, it's just saddening. Cause even if, even if this pimping stuff isn't true, there have been a lot of women's wrestlers that have come forward and said, this is the case. And mm -hmm. there's been a ton of women's wrestlers as well that have said that she, she had financially extorted these women's wrestlers as well. Mm -hmm. And what she would do is the reason why she was on top for so long is she would refuse to allow other wrestlers to get more popular than she was. Yeah, that's true. And so I mean, one of the, one of the cases being apparently she would purposely train her wrestlers poorly. That way they wouldn't get better than her in the ring. Mm -hmm. That's essentially bringing women's wrestling backwards. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, this was back in, 60s 70s even yeah. even back in the 50s yeah when you had like a lot of the stuff back then was backwards to begin with almost, yeah and they didn't even consider it backwards they just considered things like they just considered it like that this is the way it was yeah well that well well i'm i'm sure there was some trainees as well that like they didn't consider that normal but i'm sure there were others that thought it was normal as well mm -hmm. um all in all there's just so much around fabulous moolah and what she did in her past it's just it's 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 really disgusting um and you know the wwe's catching a lot of flack for it as well it just justifiably so i don't know they had been backing away from that name they tried to promote may young more and she's With not the young classic yeah, and, all she, of that. and she's not exactly the model of perfection as well because she was best friends with moolah like right. she trained fabulous moolah actually may young um, did yes uh she like way back when mm -hmm. um and you know ignorance is bliss i guess um and you know wwe it's the revisionist history right they right. want to change up history and, and try and make it for the better Oh, they hyped up Mae Young as this big time main event star, but if you actually look to her past, she really wasn't that big of a star. No. She was a good wrestler. She was. Don't get me wrong. Like back in her day, like her matches had received good reviews back in the day, but in terms of like being a popular star, yeah. she wasn't that popular star that mm -hmm. you know that people had made her out to be essentially, uh, at least the WWE, anyways. Um, so again, it, it's, it's just, it's just unfortunate. There's so much evidence behind it. I'm surprised WWE mm -hmm. tried to get by it, especially for their biggest show of the year. Yeah. And I feel like there's way more names that are deserving as well. Who do you think, like if, if you, let's say if you were the head of creative yeah. with WWE, yeah. who would you name it after? There's two names that come to mind that I think people will know the name immediately and will get mm -hmm. and are also deserving of it. First name being Sherry Martell. Right. Um, manager back in the day, also won the women's championship. Um, and the other one being Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. 
Uh, Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth wasn't. I don't think she was much of a wrestler, though. No, she was only a manager. She was she, only a manager. But, but in terms of her influence, she was very much key to that Macho Man Randy Savage yep. character. Um, she, you know, she's she's remembered as this icon with Macho yeah. Man, right? And she paved the way for women's managers. Well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of better names for this, right? Um, I I'm not a fan. I I wasn't even really a fan of Fabulous Moolah for the whole, I learned of the whole accusations. Right. I, I like Mae Young better. She seemed like a yeah. way more likable person. There was something about Moolah, well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean... And I'm not trying to like toot my yeah. own horn and say I, I saw this coming. It's just, yeah. you know when you get a vibe about somebody? Yeah. That's what I got with Moolah. But when you talk about, like if you're saying how WWE is trying to erase Mae Young, or erase Moolah rather from the thing before they this... They should anyways. They should. The one other thing is that it's with uh, talking about Mae Young almost. It's almost a classic case of WWE degrading the legends and then trying to bring them back up at the end. Yeah. Like when she passed away, like two years, a year or two years ago or whatever it was, mm -hmm. they made her out to be probably the best women's wrestler in WWE history. Yeah. Yet when she was still on TV, mm -hmm. and you'll remember this because you were old enough to actually watch it and understand what was going on. Yeah. The, there, were, there were two things that I know firsthand about Mae Young. Mm. One is that she had an affair with Mark Henry and gave birth <laughs> to the hand. Yeah. And two, I can't remember what happened, but she ended up giving birth to a baby, Santino Morella. Oh, yeah. As well. That. that was on Raw 1000. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was something else. Yeah, that's uh, something else. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ronda Rousey. And, of course, later on, we'll have our full interview with Ring of Honor superstar, Ring of Honor wrestler, Flip Gordon, also featured on Being the Elite. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Hey, everyone. This is CCO Caracolis, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas at we're not the mountains. We're handsome, we're brave, we're strong. We're not the mountains, cause we enforce the law. You can try to run, but you can never And welcome back inside CKDJ Studios. This is Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm the man they call Gibby Zach, but give it alongside me, Scully. Colin Scully. That should just stick for now, honestly. Yeah, like, for Until now. we can think of something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll, Might we'll, as well. we'll stick with that. We'll yeah. stick with that. Sounds good. Um, let's talk about Ronda Rousey and how the plans have dramatically shifted for Ronda Rousey. Now, for yeah. those who don't know... Initially, it was announced by WWE.com that Ronda Rousey was going to be on every Raw moving forward until WrestleMania. Now, if you watch Raw this past Monday... She wasn't there. She wasn't there. Um, Neither was Brock Lesnar. What a surprise. Well, well, that one's all storyline. But that's that makes for an even inter more interesting argument as well. Right. Which we'll get into during this conversation. But... Ronda Rousey wasn't there. Apparently, she was there for a medical or a physical, I believe, in Pittsburgh during that day. And I mm -hmm. guess they didn't inform anybody because um, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com was apparently like mess. Apparently, he was messaged by somebody backstage within WWE. Okay. And 
the person was saying how uh, the person was saying how hey do you know if uh, Rousey's here tonight? And he was like, "What? I thought he w- I thought she was already there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like apparently somebody within WWE was saying, "Where's Rousey?" Um, so, oh, so she, was she supposed to appear on last well, uh, last well, week's Raw? Well, well, I don't think she was supposed to. I think just no one told anybody saying that she wasn't going to be there. Okay. So. Um, and then of course the article that was put up mm-hmm. saying that she was going to be there every you know every Monday. I think they announced that when they when she had the contract signing as well. She did. Well, they deleted that article. Yeah. When you click that link now, it's, it's gone. Yep. You're in parts unknown uh, when you click that link. Um, so it makes for some interesting uh, discussion because one of the things that's been brought up about this is false advertising. Obviously, there's the card subject to change sort of matter where yeah. you, know, you walk, look at a poster, then you see the card is subject to change. Um, so you pay for your ticket and you don't get what you're uh, seeing. When you get like two megastars like Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey and you advertise that they're going to appear and then they don't show up. Yeah. I'm sure as a fan, it must make you mad. Agreed. But the only thing is I haven't seen enough of Ronda Rousey in WWE Mm -hmm. to form an opinion on whether I like her as a WWE superstar. Mm -hmm. You only have the MMA basis. I only have the the MMA-UFC. Yeah. Which, if she can do as well as she did in the UFC and WWE, yeah. she's going to blow up and become the next Trish Stratus. Yeah. Oh, she'll be bigger. I think she's already bigger than Trish Stratus. Already? Just showing, just showing up, yeah. Just showing up. Oh, so yeah. imagine how she's, imagine what's going to happen if she like makes her, if some, somehow, which I don't see right now if this can happen, but yeah. imagine how big she'll be if somehow she forces her way or Braun Strowman's her way into the uh, WWE, one of the women's title matches. Yeah. Title pictures. I, I She'll eventually do that. I think that's going to be at SummerSlam, actually. Yeah. Um, whether it be with a Charlotte Asuka. I would love to see Ronda Rousey Sasha. versus Asuka. Uh, oh, that'd be fun. Uh, that'd I, be good. I would really like to see that match. I wonder if they'll save that for WrestleMania next year. Ronda Rousey versus Asuka. Like, have Asuka. Yeah. And maybe do Rousey versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. That could be something. Are you saying that Charlotte's going to have the title at SummerSlam, or is I, it just going to be a match? I, well, I think they'll have a match at some point. Yeah, I think I think if the way I would do it is I would have Charlotte beat Oscar at WrestleMania. Right. She retains the title. You have Rousey beat uh, Charlotte have at Oscar, SummerSlam. Have Oscar win the Women's Money in the Bank, and yeah. then have Ronda Rousey versus Oscar at the WrestleMania next year. There you go. There you go. I could be. I could uh, take over Ranjan Singh's job in a couple of years. By the time I turn eighteen, <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I could see that happening there. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the stuff with Rousey and Lesnar as well, just being false advertised. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of that. Um, does it make as big of a deal to you that Rousey's not going to be on every Raw? Because I know there's some people who are like, she's she. You know, she needs to prove herself. She's gonna. Be, she has to show up to every raw. And there's other people. It's like mm-hmm. she's a big star. You know, mm-hmm. she's earned that sort of right to be able to show up mm-hmm. on certain dates because she's a big star and she's this attraction, right? So, mm-hmm. well, the way that I see it is, it's more or less the exact same situation that Brock Lesnar's happening. Yeah. And right now, the diff, the only reason that Brock Lesnar isn't going to be on every single raw is because of what we all know is happening, what with him mo- more than likely going back to the UFC after WrestleMania is over. Right. Um, there aren't actually that many Raws left 
before WrestleMania. That's like true. if this was happening back in February yeah. around Elimination Chamber time and she had showed up yeah, and she had actually started to show up on every single Raw, then maybe I would be a little annoyed. Yeah. But now that it's like, what, second, third week of March, like next week's going to be, I think it's like the third or the fourth last before WrestleMania happens. Yeah. It's not... It's not as big of a deal for you. But that, but then again, that's because I'm not as much of a Ronda Rousey fan as some other people are. Right. Right. Because you're, you're not like an avid follower of UFC or MMA, right? I wouldn't. I mean, I am to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I follow WWE and Impact and yeah. Ring of Honor and so on yeah. more. Yeah. But um, I'm an av- like, I wouldn't call myself an avid McGregor guy. Yeah. But I. N- you're aware of what I'm aware, he does. I'm aware of what he does, and I've seen most of his matches afterwards, mm-hmm. but... doesn't appeal to you as much as wrestling does. And I don't know why that is, because no, well, the not, UFC is actually fighting. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, obviously, there's that aspect, right? But I think as well with WWE, there's an entertainment aspect to it, right? That right. That a lot of people enjoy. I think that's why you're... I think that's why, you know, you, you like it, because yeah. it's like, there's, there's that entertainment aspect, right? So... Anyways, I mean, when uh, you had the McGregor versus uh, McGregor versus Mayweather, there was some entertainment oh, that'd, that'd WWE aspect. That'd be something. Um, with that, we're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to bring it over to our interview with Ring of Honor wrestler Flip Gordon. Uh, interesting stuff in that interview. He talks about how he joined Ring of Honor, um, how he almost signed with Impact Wrestling. Uh, we've got the exclusive that on that. Been interesting. Um, and uh, a whole bunch more. He talks about being the elite, how all the jokes from being the elite came to be, and uh, how he became a bigger star from it. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's New Music. Hey guys, this is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios for Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I'm Zach McGibbon, on the line with me via Skype. You may have seen him in Reign of Honor, putting on exhilarating matches for the promotion. You'll also see him this week uh, for Reign of Honor 16th anniversary show. You may have also seen him taking some harmless ribs from the Bullet Club on Being the Elite. I have with me Travis Flip Gordon. Flip, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to have you on the show, especially uh, with this week coming up. Uh, your uh, show with uh, Reign of Honor, you're going to be facing off against Hiromu Takahashi. We'll definitely get things started there. But before we get into the main swing of questions, I was going through your Twitter feed yesterday, and I saw your your trip to the airport. It looks something straight out of planes, trains, and automobiles, I would say. Uh, just describe your day yesterday. What happened with you trying to get over to the airport? Yeah, I mean, I was... Just out eating uh, lunch with my girlfriend, and she we went to leave. We're on our way to the airport, and some chick runs a red light and hits us. Man, it's crazy. Like that's that's not something that you would expect uh, going over to the airport. Uh, and I'm assuming you're uh, on location right now for the 16th anniversary show. I am. Yeah, I made it to the airport with barely enough time. It's crazy. Um, I was stressing though, because I mean, I made it on the plane. But I wasn't sure if my luggage made it on the plane because that's how close I caught it. So, 
That's crazy. I, I just saw that and it was like, man, you want to talk about a whole bunch of bad luck, especially trying to catch a flight. I, I couldn't imagine how that would be. Um, but let's get into the main swing of questions. Uh, let's talk about how you broke into the wrestling business. Uh, how did you initially break in? Uh, who trained you? What kind of school? That sort of deal. Yeah, I mean, I've been a fan ever since I was a kid. And man, I just I love wrestling so much. And so around 2012, I really decided, I was like, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm just going to pursue it. So I literally packed up everything I had and I moved over to Massachusetts and started attending the New England Pro Wrestling Academy with a head trainer, Brian Fury. And what was like Brian's main focus when it comes to training you? Was it just the basic? Was there more like a technical sort of edge to it? Like what were the things that Brian taught you while you were in wrestling school? Um, everything. I mean, his school teaches everything, but they focus on psychology. Just psychology. Okay. And, and, uh, I, that school name also sounds familiar. It was uh, killer Kowalski involved with that school at some point. It used to be killer Kowalski. School. Uh, that's why. Okay. And then the chaotic training center took over and then Brian Fury took over. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, how long were you in that uh, wrestling school before you did uh, your first match? Uh, six months, six months. Okay. And uh, what, what, what incited you to go to that wrestling school? Uh, I was doing some research on it. We saw people like Sasha Banks coming out of that school. Um, but was there other reasons you wanted to go to that school? Did you like the trainer? Did you like the history behind it? That sort of deal? I liked the history behind it, and I did a lot of research, and I, I saw the talent that had come mm -hmm. from there. And then on top of all that, I was originally born in Massachusetts, and I had family there that I always wanted to meet and get to know. So it was kind of killing two birds with one stone because I got to meet my family and get to know them while pursuing my dream at the same time. Oh, definitely. Um, and, uh, so when did you have your uh, first match? I believe that was for chaotic wrestling, right? No, it was actually for, it was a student show ran by Biff Busick, also known as Oni Lorkin. And, um, he, his students were putting on a show and I, was at practice the day before and Brian Fury was like, Hey, who's going to this show? And nobody raised their hands. And he's like, flip, you don't have to work tomorrow. Right. And I was like, no, he's like, he's like, good. Then now you're going to that show. And I had no idea who I was going to be wrestling, but I ended up wrestling Biff Busick. Oh, wow. And it was a pretty like surreal first match to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Biff being a veteran on the independent scene, uh, would you say that Biff really helped you during that match, especially that being your first, you know, independent wrestling match? Oh, 100%. He took care of me. He taught me so much. There's still times where I'll think of something that happened in that match and I'll take away from it because that's how good Biff is. Mm -hmm. And, and what, did you start off obviously with the name flip? I would assume you aerial maneuvers were right at the start when you were, uh, first getting into the independent scene. Uh, did the styles, you know, were there any moments where you're like, oh, I'm more high flying. Biff Busick, obviously known for being more of a striking sort of guy. Um, did you find, were you worried at first that maybe the styles would clash a little bit, especially you coming into the business uh, and facing off against a guy like that really early? No, because I mean, I love wrestling and I've seen so many uh, styles clashes over the years. So I, I actually prefer styles clash. I don't like wrestling other high flyers. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'd rather wrestle somebody that's going to work my leg or keep me from trying to fly. So that way I have to come up with, with new ideas and new ways of flipping and flying. Yeah. 
No, yeah, definitely. Make expand. me think outside the box. And exactly. And have different kinds of matches. Yeah, expand your in-ring psychology, essentially. Exactly. So uh, how did the uh, independence start out for you? Did that match with Biff Busick kind of lead some more eyeballs to you saying, hey, we got to book this guy onto our show? Yeah, well, yeah, I was already scheduled to debut the, that like two days later on Friday because I was on a Wednesday. And that was for chaotic wrestling. And after I had my first couple matches, that's what really just promoters started seeing me locally and was like, Hey, can you, do you want this date? Are you available this date? And then from there, I just got addicted. I, I wanted to wrestle every single weekend, every day of the weekend, no matter how far I had to travel. I would oftentimes sleep in my car if I had to, just to like make it to a show. Cause I couldn't afford a hotel or something. But I was driving all the way to Pennsylvania, Ohio, just for these opportunities. And I was driving alone. Mm -hmm. wow. So was it also, I would imagine it's a challenge as well, because you're also part of the National Guard, right? Yeah, I am. And, and, that was, and that was during the same time where you were starting off your independent wrestling career. Uh, were there moments where that sort of challenge, knowing that maybe you're going to be called in for service by the National Guard, but you still wanted to do the wrestling, that sort of deal? No, because I had already known my dates for the army. So I okay. knew which weekends I had to do army. Mm -hmm. So I was always like, oh man, I'm losing one weekend every month to, to the army. So that's when I was like, okay, well I need two to three shows every other weekend then mm -hmm. to make up for me taking that weekend off. And then eventually it got to the point where I didn't want the time off. I was trying to find local shows that I could drive through and got it approved by the army that they would release me the night of drill, I'd go to the show and I'd have to come back the same night. And so uh, when when things starting to go well for Flip Gordon, uh, your name's starting to become well known. When did the whole ordeal with Reign of Honor coming to you and saying, hey, we want to have you do a tryout match for us? Um, well, they didn't actually come tell me to do a tryout match. I actually paid for a seminar slash tryout okay. uh, last January. And I went to the seminar and... They obviously were really impressed by me. And so they approached me afterwards and was like, hey, are you available April? And I was like, yeah, I am. And so I showed up in April, wrestled Matt Seidel. After the match, I actually got a cool chant. People, They were chanting, please sign Flip. And um, it was really cool because about two months later, they like we were talking about a contract. Is it funny to you that uh, your first match on the independent scene was very much an experienced guy in Biff Busick and your first match for Reign of Honor is another very experienced guy in Matt Seidel. Um, I don't know if it's coincidence, but it's definitely really cool because it was two guys that took care of me and helped me with my career. So, No, definitely. And uh, one thing I do want to touch upon, uh, there was a report uh, out by the Wrestling Observer saying that Impact Wrestling had also reached out to you on signing a contract with them. Uh, is there any truth to that report that Impact Wrestling reached out and wanted to sign you to a deal? Uh, yeah, they they were actually the first ones to reach out to me. Interesting. And and why did you why did you take Reign of Honor over uh, Impact Wrestling? Uh, I think it was just comfortability because I had already worked for Ring of Honor in Baltimore that tryout match pretty much with Matt Seidel, and I had so many friends working there. I already had been there, so I knew how they ran and. It was just, in my opinion, it was the better option for me and where I was at at the time. And I still think it was the best option 
No, definitely. Especially where you've been placed on the card, uh, just kind of moving up in the ranks. Now you're facing Hiromu Takahashi. Um, but when you were signed with Ring of Honor, uh, what idea did you have, or sorry, what did you think Ring of Honor would book you like? Did you think that they saw you as sort of a mid-card guy, kind of an entertaining act, or did they see, hey, this is a guy that could really, you know, go all the way, be a main event guy? I wasn't sure how they were going to think of me at first, but I just wanted to come in expecting nothing and just happen to work for everything because my whole life I've had to work for everything I have I don't want anything handed to me so when I came in I wasn't expecting a big push I wasn't expecting anything I was just hope, hoping for tv time no, and absolutely. so they've treated me so well and they've given me so many opportunities and the way I look at it is if I don't succeed here it's on it's on me it's only my fault because they're giving me every opportunity I can no that's definitely a good mentality to have and and they've given you some opportunities as well. Uh, you had the chance to go after the six-man tags. Um, do you see maybe a TV title uh, opportunity, maybe even a world title opportunity down the line, especially with the way Reign of Honor does television sometimes where they'll have those defenses on TV? Oh, uh, yeah. I would love an opportunity at the TV television title and eventually the World Heavyweight Championship as well. Um, but everything takes time. I'm in no rush. I'm still within my first year of Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I'm still learning the style. I'm still learning the cameras. I'm still learning how to uh, work everything out. Um, so I'm in no rush. I'm very happy and I'm learning every single show. So, no, definitely. Um, and obviously, a big benefactor as well with joining Ring of Honor is their partnership they have internationally with uh, promotions like CMLL, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we've so sort of already seen you start to appear at these promotions with uh, your recent one being at New Japan for the Honor Rising show. Uh, do you think we could see Flip Gordon become more of a regular uh, within New Japan, within the CMLL? I would love to. I mean, that's my goal. I would love to eventually not be doing indies just be doing ring of honor new japan cmll i love traveling i love going international and i love those other new styles because cml was a new style for me new japan was a new style for me but wrestling those places is just going to make me a better performer in the long run mm -hmm. did backstage officials ever give you an indicator saying, yeah, we're going to probably bring you back for a couple more shows, or did they just kind of do the, oh, that was a very good match, uh, hopefully we'll see you again, that sort of deal? Um, no, they were very happy with my performances, and um, they were asking me about my military duty and whether that would restrict me from coming back or if I wasn't uh, allowed to leave the country for a certain amount of time. So I definitely think they're interested in bringing me back. Uh, we just haven't confirmed any dates at this time. So hopefully they'll reach out to me soon because I'd love to go back. Yeah, and especially as well. I think a lot of people want to know how your experience was uh, in Japan as well uh, as part of that honor rising. What's it like working in Japan as compared to working in the States in the local indies? It was awesome. It was so surreal because it, it's so big to them. They're very big on respect and they're so passionate over there. Um <clears throat> First thing we get off the bus, we're walking into the hotel. People are already running up to us asking for an autograph or a picture. Um, every time you go down the elevator, you leave the hotel or you arrive at the hotel, they're waiting for you just in hopes of meeting you. Um, so it's really cool because you can see the passion that they have. Um, Cork and Hall was so amazing. I couldn't help but just walk out and smile because you can just feel the energy in that building. And knowing the history and knowing how many legends performed in that building was really cool. Oh, absolutely. And uh, 
Moving on to uh, Being the Elite, a lot of people recognize you as well for your appearances on Being the Elite and the harmless ribs uh, that were put on you during the show. Um, how did the whole ordeal uh, with Being the Elite come from? Did the Young Bucks uh, just come up to you and say, hey, we'd love to do a skit with you just for Being the Elite, or was it something a little bit more? That was pretty much what it was. We were down in Mexico for the crash, and um, they came up to me and they were like, hey, can we bump you in this ring real quick? We're doing a a video and i was like yeah sure i mean obviously i knew who the young bucks were so i was like yeah of course and um i didn't know what being the elite was at the time and so we filmed the whole thing they had heard that i had signed with ring of honor so we actually announced on being the elite that i signed with ring of honor before ring of honor actually announced it um because they had caught wave of it so they included the whole welcome to ring of honor uh where do you think you're going all that into that one skit. And from there, they added the Who the F is Flip Gordon by Cody Rhodes. And all of that just kind of took off. And I think the fans just got so behind it and it caught on so because it was so funny that it just became a reoccurring thing. So, But it's helped me tremendously because it allows me to get in character and, and learn from them as well. No, definitely. And also, uh, I, I would imagine if you're walking down the street and people recognize you, uh, I would assume... Some people, somebody would go up and say, where do you think you're going? That sort of deal. Just the way the popularity of being the elite is. Oh, all the time. I remember going to, there was a couple companies in England. I went for the very first time and people came up to me and were doing it. And that was like month two or three of me being on the show. So it's, it's really cool. The outreach those guys have with being the elite because it's helped me tremendously get my name out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would assume you didn't really expect that. This, you would become an even bigger star just being a part of that YouTube series, being the elite as well. No, I had no idea. I mean, I just, I, I mean, obviously at first I thought it was just a one-off and then they came when I signed with ring of honor and I was showing up at TV, they wanted to do it again. And now it's just a regular thing. I know when I show up to the show, we're going to film some being the elite and then they go do their autograph signings. I start getting ready for my match it's just it's part of a routine now, and it's really cool because it, it's like another project. It's so much fun, and there's they have so many good ideas, and the storytelling is unmatched. No, definitely, and uh, and hopefully too, the way the storyline is going, you'll eventually get booked for the All In show that's taking place in September. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I had an opportunity last weekend against Cody. I fell short. Um, I'm not going to make any excuses, but there was some interference from the outside, but. I'll move on. I'll figure out a way. I'll overcome this and then I'll hopefully be all in. Yeah, definitely. Well, all in's not booking you, but at least we got you booked here on the wrestling with ideas show. Um, let's talk about uh, reign of honor, the 16th anniversary show. You're going to be facing off against Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, boy, that's going to be a really exciting match. Uh, when did you first find out you're going to be facing Takahashi and what do you expect the match to look like? And uh, is the goal really to just kind of steal the show with this match? Um, I had found out uh, when they told me I was going to Japan. And so I was very excited, and I am very excited for this match. Um, I think it's going to be a very fun match, not only for us, but for the fans. Because we we have like a little story built on it already with me going over to Japan. And our styles, I think, just mesh very, very well. Definitely. Um, and a uh, couple more questions here. Uh, what does the future look like for Flip Gordon? Do you see yourself... 
uh, in Ring of Honor for the long term? Uh, do you ex see maybe some titles in the future? A lot of people will uh, probably have asked you at this point, is NXT at all in the plans to maybe go there? Um, what, what's, what's the future looking like for Flip Gordon at this point? Uh, I'm really happy where I'm at right now. I love the direction that Ring of Honor is going. Um, I love being a part of it. I feel like it's almost like a new generation, and I feel like it's something very special right now. And so I want to be a part of that if they want me to be a part of it. And I'm just having so much fun right now. I'm living a dream. I still have so much to learn. Like I'm almost three years in. It'll be three years in May. So I'm still I'm still trying to figure everything out. So I'm really happy and I'm I've been blessed to have the opportunities I've been given. But right now I'm just I'm content. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, last question here, uh, I'm gonna have people essentially throw me to the fire if I don't ask this question. It's not a wrestling related question, and I think you'll know what's coming up next. Is it true that you believe in the flat Earth theory? <laughs> um. Yes and no. Um, Flip Gordon believes the earth is flat because he is a Twitter troll. Uh, Travis does not know. But Flip Gordon, Evil Flip, he's got a t-shirt now um, about the flat earth. And you can go buy that at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gordon. So if it's going to make me money, I believe in it. I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Flip. Uh, thank you so of much course. for the interview. And uh, I'll definitely be watching out for you for the 16th anniversary show. And uh, I'm super excited to see you face off against Takahashi, man. Like, I saw that match when it was announced, and I said, boy, I, I got to go check out that show. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, definitely. And so I'll let you off, and uh, I wish you the best on the match, and I wish you the best as well in Reign of Honor. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. You as well. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Hi, I'm Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ Studios. This is Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm the man they call Gibby. Zach McGibbon alongside me is Scully. Colin Scully. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. And uh, we're in the final home stretch here. Uh, again, that uh, interview with Ring of Honor superstar Flip Gordon. Interesting stuff there. Uh, one of the more modern uh, guys we've gotten on the show. But uh, let's get to your questions. If you have a question for any of us, you can tweet me at RawIsGibby or you can send an email over to the Wrestling With Ideas email account, WrestlingWithIdeasRadio at gmail.com. Or, or the last option, you you can send one in to me. You can send it to C-O-D-A-S-C underscore sports. There you go. As I am also a, I don't know what you'd call it. Contributor. Contributor, I guess. Well, not necessarily contributor. I just contribute for my own personal <laughs> thing on English soccer and uh, the NHL. So well, there you go. There you go. Um, so let's go to the first question here. This one's sent in by No Excuse. Um, spelled E-X-S-K-U-C-E. Who would you like to see Braun pick for a tag team partner if he is forced to pick one? And that's, of course, after the uh, little uh, match he had to determine the number one contenders for the uh, tag team championships. Yeah. Who's who's your tag partner for Braun Strowman? This is, prob this is probably a rather unpopular opinion. I'd say Elias. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think unpopular. And what do you mean unpopular in Cessna? Unpopular like not, in the way that most people like. The only reason that I can see mm-hmm. that people like him right now is just for the comedic relief that he provides when he's singing. Because mm-hmm. I, I think he has potential if they can get away from the whole. My name's Elias. Walk with Elias. Like the walk with Elias thing, I have no problem with. Yeah, it's more so the whole guitar thing. Oh, you don't like the guitar thing? It's not that... Well, because I am also a guitar player as well. Yeah. Half the time, he doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. Well, it wouldn't that make him a very good heel then? It would. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Like, if he keeps the whole musician thing, they should bring the honky-tonk man back on. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, you know what I've heard thrown around? Maybe like Jeff Jarrett versus... Uh, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett versus no, uh, Elias. Turn, turn the 3MB into the 4MB. There you the 3 go. MB back. Because with Drew McIntyre rumored to be coming back. Yeah. Well, I, they're, they're not going to... They're not going to ruin McIntyre's career like that again. Again. Well, I mean, it's WWE. You never know. Um, but uh, I agree with you. I think it's actually going to be Elias. If, if 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 he's forced to pick a tag team, I think only because of the feud that he's in right now, and it'll make for an interesting dynamic right. in the tag feud. So um, I, I could see Elias happening. Uh, if not, maybe a returning Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is hurt. That and, would be that would be interesting. And like a destruct, uh, destructive force between the two. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll be ready in time. But I can see Rusev and Samoa Joe as a tag team as well. That'd be that'd be a fun little match, a little hostage. They're the same, like they're the same sort of, they're the same build, yeah. more or less, and they're almost the same sort of style. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, like yeah. I don't, I, w- I don't know what style I would consider them to be. Definitely, well, I definitely would say brawlers. Brawlers, yeah. Um, especially Joe. Well, yeah. Um, let's go to the next question. Uh, we actually got two questions here from at King4820. First one he asks, what do you think they will do with Jeff Hardy now that he's been in trouble with the DWI? Um, first, I'll get to you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that the whole DWI thing with Jeff Hardy? See, Jeff Hardy's been in trouble with the law before. Yeah. But this is the first time in recent history... Well, I mean, this is the first time in like 10 years that it's happened while he's with the WWE because he's yeah. just been in the WWE for now almost over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when Jay, I think, I believe it was Jay Uso yeah. that was arrested yeah. for DWI a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing had happened, happened and he was thrown right back in. Yeah. Still tag team champion. Nothing yeah. happened there. Yeah. I hope. That they do the same thing with Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. as much of a person I am against all that, yeah. whatever. For storyline purposes, it would make absolutely no sense for them to pull him out. Yeah. With the ultimate deletion Coming. being scheduled for next week. No, exactly. I agree. And having Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. having him introduced everybody mm-hmm. except for Brother Nero. Mm, yeah, because exactly. he introduced King Max, so he introduced Scarsgard, he introduced Queen Rebecca, yeah. Senior Benjamin. Yeah. yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. It'd be weird to not see it. So, um, we'll just. Uh, I agree with that. By the way, yeah. I, I don't think much will happen. I think Jeff Hardy will be fine. Um, Going to speed through a couple of these. Uh, the other question he asks is, "What are your thoughts about John Cena challenging the Undertaker for one last match?" I think we both agree. I think you say no. I say no. But but I think it was kind of expected to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, even though have they have they said anything about it? Like like in terms of rumors and stuff, it's been it's, it's always been rumored. But nothing official yet. But nothing official. So um, and uh, could it be a potential last WrestleMania match for both of them. 
I could see it. I could see it being um, career versus career. Especially, like, not even necessarily, like, not even as stipulation career versus career, but almost just like an, like, words left unspoken type deal. Yeah. Because you saw, did you, you were watching Fast and you watched Six Pack Challenge. You saw what Cena was like after that. Yeah. And after Elimination Chamber. Yeah. He was sitting there and you kind of know, we know that Mm. it's coming to an end. Yeah. We just don't know when. Yeah. So. Um, final question happen. here. Uh, if Asuka beats Charlotte at WrestleMania 34, just become property of SmackDown Live, considering she's a Raw superstar, and which female would go to Raw if this were to occur? I think we both agreed with this as well. She would just stick on SmackDown. In terms of the Raw superstar, I would like to see go over, or sorry, the SmackDown su- superstar that I'd like to see go over to Raw. Uh, for me personally, I think it's Becky Lynch. I think Becky Lynch would be much better suited on Raw, would, would be much better treated, and they've already got Charlotte there. So They've already got Charlotte on SmackDown. Yeah. So Might we kind of well. need... Because Alexa Bliss, yeah, she's a good gimmicky, like good gimmicky type, yeah, thing. Almost, it almost seems like they're trying to parody her as like a bubblegum version of Rosemary, yeah, from uh, Impact, yeah, yeah. What's the name of that faction over there? Uh, Decay. Decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost seems like she's a bubblegum version of her. Yeah. So, but um, need somebody who can do what Charlotte's doing, and I. To, I think you agree with this. I think that Becky Lynch could be the raw version of Charlotte if definitely. given a chance. Yeah, definitely. In terms of being a top person. Right. Um, with that, uh, thanks for coming on. It's uh, it's awesome to have you on. We'll definitely be bringing yeah. you back sure. for a couple more episodes as well. Uh, we're getting close to episode 100 here on Wrestling With Ideas. we got some big plans for that show as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Wrestling With Ideas. Follow us on Twitter. You heard it before. Um, so you can follow us on I'm at Roz Gibby. You are... Kodask, so C-O-D-A-S-C underscore sports. I'll, um, maybe you can send that out yeah. to, on the... Uh, It'll be in the description as well on where to follow them as well. Sure. Um, and uh, also head into the archives. I was on the uh, Impact Wrestling Media Teleconference this week with Sammy Callahan. Um, so you can listen back to that episode as well. You can listen back to our full interview with uh, Ring of Honor wrestler Flip Gorin and of course the wrestlers I mentioned previously. Keep on tuning in every Thursday right here on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music to the show that challenges your thoughts and wrestles with ideas. But until then, guys, have a good one. You have just listened to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. If you want to listen to older episodes of the show, including full interviews, make sure you check out Wrestling With Ideas on Podbean and on the Podbean app, or listen to us on our new SoundCloud page. We can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and many more. Make sure you keep on tuning in every Thursday at 6 p.m. to wrestle with ideas.